front desk. Yeah, basically, just teller style. Um, I'm working on moving up, but I'm also like working on uh, moving to Minneapolis. Okay. So I have like an interview tomorrow that I have to figure out and kind of go from there. Cool. But, yeah. Um, snag one of these. Get started. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's up, everyone? Uh, Michael here again with Beers with Bands, and this week's episode I'm here with Good Morning Midnight. Charlie is here. Um, how's it going? Hello. It's going well. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You just got off work. I got off work. Kind of just winding down the day. Figured it's nice that we finally got together after Agreed. that after that uh, long silence there Agreed. on my part. Um, so let's kind of jump into things. Uh, for people that don't know who you are, do you want to give like a little bit of backstory as to who you are, what Good Morning Midnight is, and we'll kind of dive into some things? Yeah. Uh, so, I started Good Morning Midnight in 2015. Uh, no, 2016. Um, as kind of like a a way to do everything exactly the way I wanted to. So it kind of ended up being... Originally, I was calling it a solo project. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's totally accurate because I've worked with a multitude of collaborators. Um, but basically, I'm the the constant force behind Good Morning Midnight. I'm the executive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. After my high school band broke up, Grand Champ, shout out Andrew Jones, Nate Corey. Um, yeah, I decided to just take everything into my own hands. Yeah. Well, it's worked out so far. I feel like for you, um, like you said, you've been around since 2016, and I think I was looking at your Facebook, and you put out. Everything almost, you put out something almost every year, and then you have something coming out this year, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, So, yeah, since 2017, I've done something 2017, 2018, 2019, I've had a release. Yep, which is nice. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's got to be a good feeling that you're, feels awesome that you keep, that you're able to keep moving with it rather than just being stagnant or anything like that. Um, So, that's really nice to see. Um, For and then who do, who are we missing here that is normally um, with you when you perform? So right now, my drummer is Sean Tyler, and the guy who's been playing bass in Good Morning Midnight is Eric Martin. We've done, we've only played two shows together so far, um, but it's the first band that I've had a practice space with, oh, and yeah. like actually had like weekly practices and like function the way a band is supposed to um because before it was just kind of like just all circumstantial with whoever was willing to play with me at that time at that time that whatever worked or like you know like me and my friend joran who plays drums on basket of flowers and both neither and both my first two records um i would just teach him songs just the two of us and we would record that way Mm -hmm. without a bassist so it was like purely a recording project in that sense, and uh, so yeah. So this is my first time having like a consistent lineup, regularly practicing. Yeah. Does like, it feel weird saying that and like having that happen? Considering it like felt before, weird not having it. Not having I, like... yeah, being that like 
I operated that way for like three years. Okay, yeah. And like, so it feels normal now. Like I feel like I'm finally not doing it the stupid way. <laughs> it felt it, it never didn't feel weird for as long as I did it that way. So. Yeah, I can see how that'd be weird. <laughs> um, and then, um, so like you did mention, uh, you were, you would teach. Um, it's a Joran. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, different songs and you kind of go from there um, that kind of leads into one thing I was I was seeing on Bandcamp is the amount of people that were on each record but also did so many more things than just like a single instrument is that why you're basically listed as like a bunch like doing bass and all this stuff and then there's other people that come in depending on the song does that make does that it makes question make sense um. at all <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, basically, my, so, okay, my goal for the first two records I did was to, everything that I could do on my own, I would do it. Yeah. So, if I had, if I could play bass on this song, I'm going to. If mm-hmm. I can play uh, keyboards on this song, I'm I'm going to do it. I wanted to have as much of my own playing as possible on those records and so the stuff I couldn't do I got the help of other people so like violin or female vocals yeah um or if there was a song I couldn't figure out a keyboard part to my friend Patrick Jasper he's a great great musician uh he he plays on some songs um Basically, yeah, if I couldn't figure it out on my own, I would have someone else do it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting to see, like, the breakdown for all that. Um, but, I mean, question answered, I feel like. Because uh, I, I was just curious. Yeah, I like to get the most out of who I'm working with. Like, yeah. If, if you can play violin and sing. You're going to have them do both. Yeah, then you're, you're going to do it. Right. Like, like, the whole package. Yeah. You know, if you can play guitar on one song and keys on another then I'm gonna ask you to do that you know hey gotta gotta get your money's worth you know oh yeah like it makes sense um so you've always been part of the Iowa City scene or for your high school band was it in a different scene like I lived in Des Moines when I started Good Good Morning Midnight actually oh really um yeah I think I started it and technically in like this spring of 2016 uh i graduated from high school early and spent that semester kind of writing my first record living with my parents delivering pizzas um and then we went to flat block that summer flat block studios in iowa city technically in lone tree yeah ran by luke tweedy um and so I was, yeah, I was planning on moving to Iowa City that fall. So I got the record started during the summer. So when I moved here, I had a lot of work to do already. So that was a good feeling. Yeah. You know. Um, leading into, like, you moving to Iowa City to now, like, how like how has it been in the scene? And, like, how does it feel being in the Iowa City scene? Because I feel like you're pretty well-known to like most people that are in the scene how does it feel being in it all as good morning midnight that's a good question it's a really good question um it doesn't feel like how i thought it would feel being 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 known by the community how do you think it was gonna feel fulfilling (laughs) (laughs) uh it's nice that Iowa City is a small community and what that looks like is if you're able to do what you do and do it pretty well then people are gonna note that yeah even if it's not their style and I think there's a lot of advantages to to living in a small community because of that I think that's one of the advantages um, you know, in other ways it's frustrating because 
it can feel like I'm running in circles around myself, chasing my own tail. Yeah. Where do you Where do you go next from here? Do you move to L.A.? Like, do you, you know, if you just keep doing what you're doing, does it, it can feel like you're just running it into the ground. Yeah, and, that oh, makes sense. another Good Morning Midnight album is how people might feel. Yeah. You know, locally at least. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, um, I think that was one thing that happened with, with uh, some of my buddies. They just stayed in the same area too long. Just got you get a little stagnant, and then people just stop caring. Yeah. Um, which is really hard on everyone in the that's like dealing with it, just because you're still doing what you want to do, and like it feels like you're going nowhere. But just like kind of what you said. Um, so apart from doing, we'll take a break from a couple of Good Morning Midnight so, questions here. Cool. Um, so when you're not doing all this fun stuff, you're What's what do you do by day? What does what does Charlie do by day? Uh, my day job. I work at a, the record store in Iowa City, called Record Collector. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm delivering food. I'm a chomp driver. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, playing music, listening to music, watching movies, uh, waiting for the next recording session. <laughs> Impatiently, uh, daydreaming. Is working at claw. a is working at a record store as cool as it always sounds growing up. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's. I mean, it's not paradise because that doesn't exist. But uh, I I can't complain at all. That's awesome about my job. And then, like, so we're we're sitting here. And I, I did notice you have a pretty good collection of records here. Um, are you one of the people that feels like vinyl over CD sounds oh, better? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the most part, yeah, in general. That's my general outlook. Yeah. I, I, j- I think, you know, releasing an album on vinyl is the the way to release music uh having said that it costs way too much money yeah and that's, it's not realistic yeah that's the only thing that's ever sucked yeah um but i just think it's part of being a musician like having a physical copy of something on this like i want to say antiquated way of listening to music like i think vinyl is just part of music history recorded Mm -hmm. music history and um i just think being a musician and making albums that's just seems true to what i'm doing and i understand like people with different perspectives you know like spotify only digital releases i get that whole thing but i don't know uh that makes me nervous and uncomfortable to think about having something only exist on a server somewhere that could crash at any time. And then it's gone forever. And then there's, yeah, like, singularity happens. All your masters are gone. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I love love tapes, too. Um, I think CDs are cool. I don't really buy CDs, but I'd rather have, I'd rather put out something on CD than not. Because, you know, people then, are still going to... not put out anything on a physical copy. Yeah. Like, if I can't do vinyl, I'll do CD. Okay. Still, Because you, know. you have... I saw you did have tapes. Mm-hmm. And then you did do vinyl for one? Or, or, yeah, both. Okay. Either and both. Both? Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if, I mean, like like we were saying, it's nice to just have that physical copy and just, like, see it done. And I got, I'm sure it's got to be tripped. I've never had any of my own work. Granted, I don't have yeah. any work. Uh, done on vinyl so I'm sure it's got to be like a little I mean, bit surreal yeah it's kind of like when you pick up a copy of one of your favorite records and it's like oh shit <laughs> this is so cool it's like the big artwork yeah. and it's like uh, it's like that but it's your own music so there's just an extra level of oh shit to it yeah 
is how I would describe it. <laughs> um, add it. Let's let's dive deep and see, kind of what makes Charlie Charlie here. Out of every record that you have sitting here, what would be like your top, top couple? Oh man, that's a question. <laughs> that's a wormhole, dude. <laughs> you don't want to ask me that. Yeah, I guess some really important records to me that I own. Um, Link Ray is a. Uh, he got he was famous in the '50s for making like loud guitar rock music, mm-hmm. um, kind of like Buddy Holly, um, in that vein. But this record is from 1970, and it's his take on like country rock. Okay, cool. and he was recorded in a chicken coop. What? And this is the first pressing that oh, my shit. boss gave to me as a gift. For, it was like a bonus for Record Store Day. That's awesome. Um, and that's one of my favorite records of all time, for sure. Um, this is a mono copy of Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde. Um, I just, you gotta listen to Bob Dylan in mono, his 60s albums. Uh, Noi. Noi is a big favorite of mine, Krautrock Band. They speak for themselves. And uh, Main Source. The hip-hop group, uh, this record's called Breaking Atoms. I think there's a song in here that's like the first recording that Nas was ever in. Damn. And, um, like, Lar- Large Professor is is the producer in this group who went on to do a lot of cool shit, too. So, those are four that I can just grab real quick and express some love for. And then what, um... With, with like some of those that you grabbed, do any of them have a major influence on the way you play your style of music today? I think I think all of them do. All of them? All four that I named. Um, I mean, Bob Dylan is essential for anybody who writes songs. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yes, they they're all somewhere in my inner musical uh (laughs) they're all somewhere in there okay alright that's fair that's fair um that was kind of fun watching you just like you knew where everything is and like just pulling them out and like it was you look like a kid on Christmas basically yeah that's that's what that's how it how it makes me feel yeah yeah to mm mhm so I guess we can go into uh, some of your releases here. Um, let me pull up the list again. Uh, so we do have. I just had it up today too. I was I was listening to you on the way to work and like pretty much all night all night last cool. night. Um, which I dig like fucking everything. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. So right now you have three releases out: Basket of Flowers. Both neither, both, yeah, both neither and both, right? Yep. You got that correct, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Songs for Burning, which Songs for Burning is kind of like uh, a little bit of a compilation of like different stuff you've been writing over the years, that almost like a B-sides, I would say. Yeah, basically, it's it's all home recording. Okay. So, yeah, Basket of Flowers and Both Neither and Both, uh, I recorded both of those at Flat Black, and they're you know, clean studio productions, but I had all this material that I did at home that's more lo-fi that I thought would be another dimension of Good Morning Midnight worth putting out into the world. One thing I did enjoy um, with that release is that you kind of gave a little synopsis of, like, little summaries about, like, what was going on during, like, certain sets of, like, songs that you did for your home recordings. Yeah, for sure. Which I thought was a nice touch to kind of do to like get that another layer in there, because um, those recordings are so personal. Because mm-hmm. I, I I made all of them in my bedroom, uh, 
I think there's a vulnerability that really comes through when you record like that. And yeah, I, I thought that would be a good, just a good window into the songs. Yeah. To include that information. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it was a nice touch. Like I said, it had another little layer of depth that For sure. you kind of feel the song a little bit more. Like, That's good to hear. Um, so you recorded the first two um, releases at Flat Black. Is that where you're, you're uh, recording this next one? Yep. Um, exactly. And I, I know it's you just said it's coming 2020, but at what stages are you in so far on getting that prepped? Um, so I was just at the studio. So I'm mixing right now. Okay. And uh, I was at the studio yesterday, and there's a couple songs that are almost done being mixed. So for the first time in this whole process, it's like, okay, yeah, this is like a track. It's yeah. really close. So um, there's a lot of material, so it's still there's still a lot of work to do, mm-hmm. but uh, slowly making progress. That's awesome. Uh, is it going to be a longer release, like um, like your last one, or is it like how many songs are going to be on your release, basically? It's going to be it's going to be a long one. A long it's one. It's gonna it's gonna test people's attention span. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. Yeah dig it um and then now that you're kind of doing like having more actual members in the band are you still kind of doing the same thing where are you letting them take the reins for certain parts like are you i'm letting go more than i ever have okay on other people's interpretation of the song Mm mm-hmm uh i've embraced more of like choose who you want to play with and then let them just be how they are and be who they are um instead of having my specific vision and trying to program them to do it that way yeah it's just it yeah it's better to just let people flourish the way they already are i mean i'm stoked for this one if it's anything compared to like your last releases i'm like i said i'm stoked i've been jamming it i've been jamming your stuff for like the last week at least since like we fully locked in the day that's awesome thank you i really dig it it's good it feels good to hear that yeah i I am going to try and because you have a show um friday yeah trauma blossom Mm -hmm. um i'm going to try and make that one because i'm going to go to i think there's another show at rchc oh Um, so that one's a, a little bit earlier so i'll try and hop over and see you live get the full effect yeah i feel like that'd yep. be sick totally uh for people that haven't been to one of your shows what is like a live performance what can they expect from a live performance for from good morning midnight something different every time because i work i i work out new songs playing live all the time uh which is probably a weakness of mine because people don't get to know get the songs well oh, enough yeah. <laughs> so uh expect to be disappointed because you're not <laughs> going to hear whatever song you wanted to hear okay <laughs> i mean that's fair get it right out of the way um and i should i guess i i do have it written down here for those of you that don't know the next release is going to be called called songs of violence um, you're right because i didn't mention that earlier and I, that was my fault um good good uh good social media digging yeah dude i i try really hard and sometimes it works out really well and sometimes it doesn't yeah uh yeah it's yeah sometimes i find absolutely nothing and i'm like mm-hmm. what am i gonna talk about and then sometimes i write do decently and i come up with some questions and i go through them pretty fast and then there's kind of stagnant like it is right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's... I always have this problem, too, where, like, meeting someone for the first time when we go to do this, like, there's always that awkwardness. Oh, yeah. Like... Totally. You can feel like, it. Like, who, who are you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Totally. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, so... That's okay. I'm I'm just leaning into it, man. Make it as awkward as it needs <laughs> to be. Um... And then this is always just an open forum, too. Like, if there's anything that you want to say, feel free to cut me off. Say what you want to say. 
to let the, let the viewers, let the listeners get the feel. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, so you did have a pretty big, I, I did take this from your Facebook, by the way. You talked about your last decade and how everything started, um, starting, well, basically 2016 till now, how the last few years have been really well. Um, how do you feel like the next decade starting in the 2020s, how is it going to go for, we're going to, we're going to fucking kill it on that licensing game. We're going to make tons of money from Hollywood movies. We're going to get paid. I'm going to fucking buy a house. Guitar music is going to re-enter the mainstream. Uh, it's going to be like 1993 all over again. I'm telling you. If you could put Good Morning Midnight's music on any, like, movie. Like, any movie you've watched and you're like, one of my songs would fit better here. Wow. That's a, that's a amazing question. Hmm. Definitely, uh, any sort of stoner movie. Like, Clerks. Oh, okay. Or yeah. Dazed and Confused. Or, like, any, any, like, Jane Silent Bob or, you know. What's that guy's name who made those movies? Kevin Smith. Yeah, any any like Kevin Smith thing or Kevin Smith type thing. I think that would be a good fit. Yeah. Should reach out. I'm sure he's he's gonna do another movie at some point. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> if you tell him your struggles, he'll understand. He sold all of his comic books. Yep, good. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. he he got he maxed out like six credit cards. Yeah, it was insane. And, yeah. Dropped out of wasn't he going to like NYU? Dropped out, and then just like sold everything, maxed out all these credit cards. Even his parents were like, "Are you fucking insane?" He's like, "Ah, I'll either pay it all Sick back at some point or like <laughs> yeah. get nothing." That that was like that's funny you mentioned that because that was actually kind of like that move on his part was kind of really uh inspiring yeah to me for this record i'm working on right now oh really and i'm like in a ton of debt and <laughs> uh definitely just living below my means but not to complain about it it's fine but like that yeah it's just funny you bring that up because you know if you, there is like something behind the idea that if you put everything into something like the bigger the risk the better the the reward, yeah. yeah. Well, There's definitely something to that, so we'll, we'll I, see. I guess that means uh, Songs of Violence is going to blow the fuck up. That's right? what I'm saying, man. Yeah. It's going to... I'm not saying I'm going to be in the seven figures, but I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe like the six and a half? Yeah, like just yeah. yeah. Six and there. a half is like, is like a good compromise, yeah. I think. You heard it here first. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> That'd be sick to see us, like, I, I, I think it'd be sick in general if, like, any of the people I've met, between doing this and, like, doing all the other stuff I've done, having one of their songs, like, end up in a movie, like, oh, yeah. d- just to, like, amazing. reach that peak. Any Iowa band that gets, yeah. like, a sweet licensing deal. Well, do you get, do you know Moonlighting from Atumwa? Uh, no, I don't know that band. Um. So they're like a pop punk band. Well, they got one of their songs into a NASCAR game. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome. So that was pretty sick. That's awesome. They did like a. Uh, they played a gig like the day before the game release, and they like I think they got the game ahead of time, and like did made like this whole party about like their song getting on. It's pretty sick. I would love to work with NASCAR. In case they're listening. I think all Iowa bands should get together with NASCAR. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, I just think about NASCAR. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Happens. Yeah, you know, happens to the best of us. Yeah. Just daydreaming about NASCAR. Going fast. Gotta go fast. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. You're last. Oh, also, I should point out, there's no PBRs today, because we're doing a no carbs, is what you said. That's why we're drinking these White Claws. 
Hard seltzer, baby. Yeah, black cherry to be exact. This is actually the first White Claw I've ever drank. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm so happy that yeah. I could be the one to uh, to turn you on to it. Yeah, I'll offer you. What do you think of it? It's, uh, it's alright. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a very unacquired taste, which like most drinks are. Will I have another one? Probably. Uh, yeah, but I mean... It's not bad. I think I've just had too many PBRs in my life, so I've kind of like... For sure. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm drinking White Claw, because I've had too many PBRs. Ooh. So. Maybe a sign. I'm like on the opposite, equal but opposite side as you. I think I'm going to have to get like new stickers made, because I use the PAPS logo as my sticker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to get the White Claw yeah. logo in there, for sure. White Claw with bands. Hard seltzer with bands. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. That's that rolls off the tongue real yeah. nice. That's the move. Uh, so now that you got like a full band setup kind of going, are you gonna start doing a little bit more out of like I know you're doing out of Iowa City shows currently, but are you gonna do like a tour at some point? Is that like in the game plan? Is that like in thought process? Yeah, when the when the album is out, I would like to do some bigger tours. Um, I mean, we'll be playing regional shows mm-hmm. as much as we can this year. Playing Chicago next weekend. Um, Quad Cities, actually, this weekend, which is technically Illinois, so yeah. out-of-state show. Bam, killing East, it. East Moline, I think. Moline. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've kind of slowed down. I think I used to go on the road more than I do now for a, for a few years, but uh, it'll pick back up yeah. when it's time. And when you were doing like more on the road stuff, was that that was just you solo out there doing it all, or did you have someone like tag along with you? Um, you know, for about a year, maybe a year and a half, I only played solo. Okay. And I did a lot of a lot of out of town shows. When I, when I was doing that, it taught me a lot how to perform, and how to, just how to hold my own in any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just got too miserable to do that, so uh, I traveled traveled by myself quite a bit for during that time. Um, and then for about another year. I played a lot of shows with with a band. For a while, I had like two different drummers that I would, you know, if he wasn't available, you get the other one. Yeah. So, um, that worked for a while. So we'll see what works yeah. next. Well, out of all the shows you've played, what's what's been like the worst moment you've had? Played a coffee shop in Indianapolis to, uh, so I get to the venue, not the venue, but the coffee shop and the parking lot. Okay. One of the weirdest things ever, like you have to drive over the curb to get to the parking lot. Like the entrance to the parking lot is a curb. Like there's like painted lines that show like, this is how you enter the parking lot. But like, there isn't like a dip. Oh, like how geez. it usually is. And like, that's just like a microcosm of, of this experience. And so <laughs> I like get into the coffee shop and they like don't even really know that I'm supposed to be playing that evening. And <clears throat> they they don't have any XLR cables for a microphone. Jeez. So I was like 20, I don't, I don't know how old I was, but I, I was at a point where I was still willing to like drive to a music store to buy a couple of XLR cables to make this gig work. So I drove like 20... Because in Indianapolis, everything is spread out. Yeah. And so I drove like 20 minutes one way to a music store, bought some XLR cables, drove all the way back, like set up the PA, and as soon as I start playing, like, keep in mind, the coffee shop is actually a garage. Huh. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's... It's not like its own storefront. It's just like 
It's just like a giant garage. Okay. And like there's no heating or cooling. They just have like fans and like window units in there. And it's all cement. Mm. Yeah. Uh, weirdness. Um, and yeah, as soon as I start playing, like eight people that were in there leave. <laughs> and uh, so I was, so yeah, I went and after the show, I set up a tent at a campsite. Um, but you know, not, not my proudest moment, but I was, I was smoking some grass and, uh, I got paranoid that people saw that there was this kid in the campground smoking weed because it was like a KOA campground. Mm. Um, so it's like extra touristy. Yeah. And, uh, it's for so, the people that don't want to actually camp. Exactly. There. There's yeah. like a water, like a mini water park in there. Yeah. So like as soon like, I start freaking out, and, like, an hour after I set my tent up, I just, like, tear it down, after I've already paid for the site, <laughs> and, like, drive to Ohio and get a motel room. Like, drive through the night to Ohio. And as soon as I get to Ohio, I'm like, yes, I'm out of Indiana. <laughs> and, yeah. That was probably, like, the dumbest experience <laughs> of all time. Yeah. There was another time where we I played a show in Chicago, uh, at, like, full band. And uh, I had a Casey's pizza discount card. And uh, so I was, you know, I was determined to get a piece of pizza from Casey's. So I put in Casey's on the GPS and start driving towards it. And like 25 minutes into the drive, I'm like, oh my God, this is taking us to Indiana. <laughs> so this is like after a show. This is like midnight at least. Oh, jeez. So, and we're driving back to Iowa City. So you're going the opposite direction. So we went the opposite direction. We drove all the way to Indiana to get a pizza from Casey's. And when we got there, the coupon didn't even work because oh they didn't know how to process it. It wasn't even that the coupon was expired. Like the cashiers who happened to be working that night just didn't know how to use it. So we drove all the way to Indiana to get a regular priced Casey's pizza <laughs> and then drove back to Iowa City and got back at like five in the morning. So yeah, not my... Most shining moment. Oh but my god! A yeah. good story. Yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> at least I got that out of it. <laughs> I mean, at least you still got a slice. Like, oh, some we pizza. got pizza. Yeah, you better believe yeah. that. Drive all the way, get the fucking pizza. That's fucking great. Um, best part is you made it back, and you could have got like breakfast pizza. Oh, there's so many things we could have done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Breakfast pizza, one among among those many things that we could have done otherwise. <laughs> but I feel like those moments are what like makes being on the road is just like something stupid, and that's like the shit that you remember. Like you, you have all those good times, and those are great. Those be great memories. But the shitty times, like when you drive the wrong direction to go to Casey's Pizza, that's gonna live with you forever. <laughs> yeah no matter what i agree completely. like when you get together with with those guys that's what you're gonna talk about yeah definitely like, we still do that with the guys that i'm friends with talk about all the shitty times that i mean it's just like what makes life absurd yeah and i think going on the road just like magnifies all the absurdities that are in our lives <laughs> yeah that's for sure um so you said you were on the road that one year, pretty much all year by yourself. Did you go like coast to coast or did... Yeah, I'd say regional? like all year is kind of misleading. I was doing weekend trips or, you know, five day trips. Like okay. Coming back and working and then going back out and coming back. I wasn't just like on the road for <laughs> for a year straight or anything okay. like that. Um, I mostly stayed in the Midwest, but I got to the East Coast and to the South. Nice. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't really gone outside of the Midwest with a band though. Yeah, uh-huh. that'll be a fun experience. Yeah, on uh, I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of like there's no reason to, because makes more sense to kind of like generate as much support right here mm-hmm. as you can before you go out further. But I'd also love to just like go to California and play some shows out there. Yeah, that was. 
So we we did a tour to California, and we called it the excuse to get In-N-Out Burger. Nice. So we got that, and then we basically came home. That's awesome. But we just played a bunch of shows in between. Also, if, if you go to California, make sure your AC works before you get to the desert. Ours, oh, bro- yeah. ours broke in the middle of the desert. Wow. What was it? Summer. Yeah, dude. This was like that's fucking... like not having heat during the winter in yeah. Iowa. Dude, it was it was such a killer. So it's like six of us in this van, and only the two front windows roll down because it's a fifteen seater like Econoline van. Ooh. Like it was brutal. I remember specifically we passed. Um, we were at this, like, rest stop. I was trying to get the AC to work, and, like, we look over, and there's, like, this van of some college, like, girls' soccer team, and they're all, like, chipper and happy, and we're just, like, all miserable and hating ourselves, <laughs> and then, like, so we couldn't get it to work. We're like, fuck it, we have we're to. We're <laughs> Yeah. We were like, okay, we, <laughs> we couldn't get it to work, and we were like, fuck it, we have to go. So we're sitting there driving, like, everyone in the van is just, like, down to their boxers, Cause oh, I bet. Like, doing as much as you what can. What are you going to do besides getting naked? Everyone's, like, in the back just, like, hitting life. And the the van of, like, soccer players just pass us, and they all look over and just see how dead we are in our eyes. And then they all just immediately, like, stop laughing and just, like, look <laughs> forward and just kept going. And we were just, like... It's like they, they saw their own mortality. Yeah, they were like, oh, eyes. shit. <laughs> Like, that was, like, the worst moment of that whole tour. Yeah. I bet. And then I even, I tried so hard to get it fixed. And, like, I went to two different shops, and they're like, ah, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And we're like, fuck this. That, yeah, that's truly terrible. Yeah. Being that far away and not being. I would almost rather be in the Midwest during the winter and not have heat. Because then at least you can get, like, you can, like, you know, bundle up. Get, yeah. Like, just, like, cocoon yourself in six blankets. Yeah, that would have been way the better. Seat, <laughs> right? Like, but, I mean, like, once you're, like, totally naked and you're still miserable, like, in that kind of heat, what are you going to do? Yeah, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can continue to, to like, try and hold a nice cold glass against your head, but it's going to be, like warm in like two seconds yeah 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 exactly like i was thinking about like getting an ice bag oh yeah yeah like that's what my mind went to but then yeah that's gonna melt in yeah. three minutes it'd be ridiculous holding it up to your hot body <laughs> right your hot bod <laughs> sorry i'm trying to think of like something else i can ask i've gone through like a lot of these already it's also super tough i i try not to like reuse questions from like episode to episode because yeah, I don't want to get, it's like... It's not formulaic. Yeah. For sure. I want to make every episode kind of unique, and it ends up sometimes biting me in the ass. Okay, so you just interviewed Ellie. Yeah. So, Ellie sings on the new Good Morning Midnight record. Ooh. Which is something I'm really excited for. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, she came into the studio a few weeks ago and just knocked it out in about an hour a few songs and I'm really excited it sounds exactly how I wanted it to so that's awesome yeah I I love seeing Ellie perform she has like one of those sounds that is just really nice to hear since not a lot of people around here have that same sound I feel like um but yeah she's always been super cool and I'm stoked to hear that song at some point yeah Ellie's Ellie has been a huge supporter of Good Morning Midnight since before the first record Basket of Flyers even came out. So it was really cool working with her um, on a Good Morning Midnight recording just because she's like she's been here the whole time. Yeah. And I have noticed that she's taken a few of the she did photos for you at some yeah. point too. Yeah. So that's kind of nice like full tie in to everything. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And then is I wrong, or was one of those photos ended up being the artwork for something, or am I just making that up? I think it was just profile pictures, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, I used some of those photos for, like, 
Spotify. Okay, that's right. Like, pumped him out pretty hard. Yeah. But, but no album covers or anything. No album like covers. That. Okay. Yeah, I guess that was just my head. But yeah, that's awesome that she's going to be um, on there. Is there any other secret uh, features that we uh, should know about? No. No, she's no. actually the only person who lives in Iowa City who's even on the recording, which <laughs> is strange. Not intentionally. It didn't inten- I did not intend for it to happen that way. Not intend to have her be the only person from Iowa City on there. Yeah, or... I didn't. I didn't like go into it thinking like, "Fuck Iowa City." There's no good musicians here. Oh yeah. I'm only gonna work blah blah blah, but, um. Yeah, I recorded it with a few musicians from Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh really? And uh, yeah, we just kind of hit it off and it seemed like a really good idea to to for for them to play on these songs mm-hmm. just a really good fit seemed like a match made in heaven just something that needed to happen so um yeah that's how that went down that's awesome i'm actually going to lincoln or omaha one of the two they're like the same thing uh, i'm going <laughs> yeah. there next week actually. i know what you mean yeah kind of like des moines and ames yeah they're different, but yeah, it's you know there's close a, enough. <laughs> yeah, there's a line, but they're like kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome though. Uh, sorry, I just thought about so. We're, we're recording today, the day of that I was finally releasing like the caucus. Oh my god! Stuff. Someone posted a headline that said, "Des Moines like D U H," and I just thought of that, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, fucking no one is, yeah, no no man. one outside of Iowa loves Iowa right now. Like, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's this is such an Iowa moment. Like like the one opportunity we have to be on the national <laughs> yeah. stage is like like just blows it. Yeah. Like <laughs> had one chance. <laughs> I love it. I that's like it wouldn't be Iowa if it wasn't like, <laughs> like I I I will always know that Iowa will never live up to any opportunity it gets. And, like, that's, like, genuinely comforting to me. Like, (laughs) like, I think about moving somewhere like New York City, and it's, like, you know, there's so much industry there for art. And, Mm -hmm. like, everybody in the world knows about New York City. But, like, the the beauty to Iowa is that you can just live here and just live. Right. No one's gonna fuck with you. No one... It's gonna know anything. It's so low key. It's yeah. so comfortable here, and you know that has its disadvantages too. But it's just nice to know that that's always gonna be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just think about like the celebrities that stay here, like Corey Taylor, Des Moines, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could. Okay, maybe not. De- he couldn't in Des Moines, but let's say he goes somewhere else, he could probably get away the whole day without anyone. Like, fuck with him. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, I think it was he, Jim he, Carrey had a house here. Who? Jim Carrey. Really? Yeah. I had I, no idea. I heard something, like, it was down, like, Oskaloosa or something. I don't know, I have to wow, ask. Wow, I had Rock no Day. idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. always, you know, good old Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. I feel like he'd get recognized, though. Oh, yeah. He's a little bit different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be recognized even on the streets of, like, Chicago or L.A. Oh, yeah. You know? I remember... Which is crazy to think about. I remember one time, like, uh, it was either him or Mila. They had just, like, been to Iowa, so they were back in California, and one of them was wearing, like, an Iowa Hawkeye sweater that just had, like, the giant eye on it. Okay. And the the tabloids were like, they're wearing it because they're self-aware and they're thinking about themselves. I stands for, like, (laughs) inner peace, and everyone from from here was just like, you stupid? Like, (laughs) not... Go Hawkeyes. <laughs> right. Book State. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so I was actually in San Diego over Christmas. Oh, nice. And uh, I happened to be there at the same time that the Hawkeyes were playing a bowl game. Oh, yeah, It's yeah. USC. And my uncle texted me and just told me that he bought a ticket for me. 
I was like, okay, I guess <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be in San Diego when like this team from Iowa City is gonna be there. So yeah, I'll go. Yeah. It's my first Hawkeye football game ever. Oh really? Yeah. And uh yeah, it's 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 interesting to see like the interaction between Midwesterners and Southern California. <laughs> Cause it's uh, yeah, that sense of like, well, who even are you, <laughs> is totally there in California towards Iowans and like, and like there were so many Hawkeye fans that were just like so like fucking gun ho like, like, we traveled across the country to be here like fuck you you arrogant pricks from California, and like, uh, I just I think that Hawkeyes fans cared a lot more than USC fans. Oh, I could see that. I think the I think the football team I think the Hawkeye football team cared more than the USC team. There was just a certain like element of like yeah, we're we live in California, like <laughs> we don't really care that much about this. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what you what you just mentioned just reminds me of that. <laughs> Uh, when you were in San Diego, did you go near... So I was in San Diego last June visiting friends. Cool. Did you do anything fun and exciting? Uh, I legally purchased cannabis. Fuck yeah. And that was an amazing feeling. Yeah. And I would recommend it to anybody if they ever have a chance to do that. Um, even if you don't like smoking pot. Even just, if you're not gonna... Just the thrill of being able to do it is enough. Exactly. I completely agree. It's like a real sense of freedom. Like, wow, this is, this is like, I can just do this? Yeah, I remember when I walked in the shop with my friends, I was like, we're allowed to be in a building with all of this, and we're not going to get raided right now? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's seriously like a transformative, at least for me, it was like, transformative. Not even about the drug, but just like, oh, this has been like, stigmatizing, illegal, and, like, shaming my entire life, and now I'm in this context where it's just, like, it's like anything else. In fact, it's nicer than buying alcohol. It's way nicer than going to a liquor store, going into a dispensary, because they're, at least the one I went to was, like, pretty high-end. Yeah, that's, well, so the one we went to was super weird, because, like, it was in this industrial area, and, like, all around it kind of just looked like, okay, this is kind of, like, weird... And then you walked inside, it's like a five-star hotel, like, it's super okay, nice Okay, we might inside. have been to the same one. <laughs> because trippy. that, mine, the one I went to was also kind of surrounded by, like, warehouses. And, oh, no but, shit. Yeah. That's, I can't remember the name, though. I so. do, I don't, I don't either. That'd be really funny if we went to the same one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, like, and then walking out and seeing the security guard and not having to, like, hide it. You're just like... You can walk out with just, the bag. I know, but like... Yeah. You don't have to like tuck the bag away or anything. You're just like... Yeah, exactly. I bought this. You can like walk out on the street with the with the bag with the logo of the... With yeah. Like a little pot leaf on it. <laughs> like in the street. Everyone knows that you have marijuana. Yeah. Like... I Like they've... Cal, Col, Colorado... Coloradans... Coloradoans and Californians and everywhere else have been living that way for how many years? I know, it's like, crazy. Like, we're so behind. It's, yeah. It's, I don't even, yeah, I don't even like smoking pot that much these <laughs> days, but it's like, so yeah, I got I got really stoned and went to the beach and uh, bought some albums, bought some records at a store that was pretty close to the beach and uh, just kind of reveled in it all. <laughs> it's awesome. The ocean is... One of my favorite things. Yeah, of all it's time. <laughs> especially. I think that's how, how it is for a lot of us that live around here because we're all so landlocked. Totally. And when most people around here say, "Oh, we're gonna go to the beach," they so really mean the res. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like when you true. think about it, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah. So I like agree. we always get like uh, we had friends that would always make fun of us. So like you're, you're just going to like, that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like. Giant gulp of water that, that man placed there. <laughs> right. But, yeah, so, like, when I was there, um, we, my friends took me around, because they've been living out there for, like, a year. Cool. So, like, we went to a few different cool. fun spots, checked out a few of the venues there. One place nice. had, like, called Himmelberg's. Um, it's, like, downtown area. They have this, 
chicken and waffle like sliders. That's amazing. That were so fucking good. And then like there's like a little play like not play area, but like little space that they have like bands play there. Like cool. Friday, Saturday or whatever. Cool. It's pretty sick. Okay, so kinda like a restaurant first, but Yeah. Like cool with having bands there on the weekends. Yep. That's cool. I wish there were more places like that in Iowa City. Right. Honestly, because, yeah, it's either a venue or not. Yeah. Trumpet Blossom does, kind of does that. But they have tons of shows, which is awesome. I know. So I keep saying, I've seen, like, all these shows going on at Trumpet Blossom. I still have yet to go there. That's one of the other reasons I really want to go to the show on Friday. Oh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. I've always heard good things, so I want to check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the only vegan restaurant in the state of Iowa. In the state, really? Yeah, the completely Damn. vegan. Damn. Yeah, I'm not a vegan, but still notable. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just an Iowa City thing. I didn't realize it was the whole state, so that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's great that a vegan cafe has rock shows. Yeah. It makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, stuff like that. In, there's a place like that in Minneapolis. Like, I don't want to butcher the name. <laughs> That's, on record. That's fair. But, yeah. We'll just leave it at in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Twin Cities. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I prefer noise shows when I go to Trumpet Blossom. Like, my favorite act to see at Trumpet Blossom is our noise acts. Because it is such an absurd experience to see somebody do perform something like that in mm-hmm. a vegan cafe in a in a extremely liberal college town there's just something like really trippy about that that I enjoy immensely. it's like the trifecta or something like it's it's this but then it's also this in that like the it lining up. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. We'll have to keep an eye out for more of those Tour Blossom shows. Yeah. Hey, Trumpet Blossom, best payout in town. They don't take any money from door. So, Damn. shout out Trumpet Blossom. That's awesome. Go with them. Yep. Bands get 100% of the door. Shit. Which is an amazing thing to have. In Iowa City. One thing I'm happy about, though, is that, like, there's not a venue in town that does, like, merch cuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Because, like... Cause I'm so used to that not being a thing. Right? And then, like, I always forget that that's even a thing. And then I'll randomly hear about it every once in a while. Of, like, someone playing somewhere and they're like... Complaining about the management because there's merch cuts. I'm just like, that's a shitty. Wow, thing to do. I've never. I've never been encountered in a venue it like that. Yeah, all the all the places we played throughout the U S. I've never encountered it. I would just say like this is donation based. <laughs> like, this is free, but you know, yeah. donation suggestions. Right. Suggested. There you go. That's a good loophole. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's terrible. I know it's so shitty. Like, people driving all the way there to do everything to play and you're still going to take door cut probably and then a merch mm-hmm. cut I'm like fuck that oh this thing that you that you created on on your own dime <laughs> right. on your own time that you just happen to be here for one night selling like yeah give me give me 5% of yeah. that no, that's terrible give me all the money you're going to use that you would put back into your van to get to the next place. Yeah. I'll take that instead. Yeah. Like, no. Fuck that. Yeah, we ain't about that. Here. And I was city. Don't, don't let that shit happen. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I do wish there were more venues that offered better money deals. Yeah. For bands. For local bands. Uh, you know, I think Trump of Blossom is great. For, uh, Giving the band 100% of the door money. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, from a business perspective, I can see why giving guarantees would be 
not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it is hard to justify booking a show anywhere besides Trump or Blossom. Yeah, is what I'm gonna say. No, I because understand. it's such I, a good deal. Yeah, now that I know that deal, deal, like deal I, under, I completely understand where you yeah. come from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know there's a lot of other venues that I really love, but. If I'm going to be throwing it down and putting money into promoting a show. Because, you know, it's like the band is already paying money to promote the show. Yeah. Buying flyers and spending time putting them up around town. Buying a staple gun. Buying staples for it. Like, you know, stuff of any you wouldn't really think about. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so. Yeah. I'll just say that we're lucky to have Trump or Blossom. I'll leave it at that. All right. That's fair. I think, uh, since we're winding down here, we're going to leave it at book shows at Trumpet Blossom. Granted, I don't want to say that. Okay. I don't want to say that and, like, step on everyone else's toes. But you heard you heard the deals. You heard what Charlie had to say. It's the best deal in town. Yeah. Can I, that's all I can say. I'll leave it in your hands. Um, I know you got a show Friday and Saturday. This comes out the 14th. Where can people see you at next? I know you got a little we're gonna be we're gonna be taking a step back from shows after uh, this weekend and the next weekend. Okay. To finish the finish the record, um, but we'll probably be at Trumpet Blossom on May first. May first. Yep. Probably. Most uh, likely. Does that happen to be the? What I think it is. No. Okay. It's just a random show. Okay, just a I'm random show. Playing with my friends. All right. In Minneapolis. Um, have you said set a release date yet? No. no. Just sometime. This I'm kind year. of avoiding that. So just taking as much time as I need to. Cool. Deadlines are. Deadlines are inhibiting <laughs> on the artistic process. So. You know. I mean, you do you. Just we're all stoked to hear it. I, I know I'm stoked to hear it. See what's see what's next. So, yeah. do it until you feel like it's right. Like, gotta do what you gotta do. It's gotta be perfect. Exactly. Um, so before we take off, do you have any last words for the listeners? <laughs> uh, let's see. Shout out Sean Tyler. Shout out Autumn Joy Bigelow. Uh, shout out Luke Tweedy. Uh, we're gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars in the next decade and fuck the haters <laughs> alright uh, so that's me that's us signing <laughs> off on this episode of Beers of Bands uh, stay tuned for the next one see ya